this man he's back in his corner trivia corner here's nick hey nick how you doing hello gus how you doing very well my friend very well looking forward to getting that news of who's going to be the next quarterback but i think we've got a little while longer to wait i think probably a couple of weeks probably but it's going to be a long two weeks mate <laughs> it is firstly thanks for having me back on your podcast um but yeah it's it's you know i have faith in in jd um it's a waiting game you know, as, as someone said earlier, you know, he, he, he doesn't have his pants pulled down. He does that to other people. So it's going to be a, a very interesting what we give and what we get. So we'll have to just wait and see. He is the master wheelie dealer. Yep. <laughs> so what have you got for us this week, my friend? OK, so as usual, uh, the question went out on the UK, uh, sorry, Gangrene in the UK and Europe uh, Twitter community. And the question was... With the 24th pick in the first round of the 1983 draft, which QB did the Jets draft instead of Dan Marino? Was it A, Joe Namath, B, Boomer Siason, C, Ken O'Brien, or D, Pat Ryan? Ooh, I know the answer to this one because this was pretty much my introduction into the NFL and, and particularly the Jets. And he was my QB, and he still is my QB. He'll always be my QB. You want to know who? I do. Tell me, tell me. It is C. It is Ken O'Brien, number seven himself. Absolutely correct. I've got, got a little uh, a tidbit of trivia here as well. Um, let me just read this for you. Um, the Jets don't have a great record at developing QBs historically as a franchise. Uh, some would claim it's a result of poor drafting and even poor scouting, whilst others seriously believe it's a curse put on the organisation after Joe Willie Namath guaranteed a Super Bowl three victory to New York City. Now, Ken O'Brien's career on the Jets spanned around 10 years, from 83 to 92. He was selected with the 24th overall pick in the 83 draft, and the pick enraged many Jet fans in attendance at Radio City that day. It was highly expected that the Jets would choose Dan Marino with the selection, who all who are, excuse me, who, as all of us know by now, went three picks later to the Miami Dolphins, a fact that O'Brien never really escaped throughout his career. Now, Ken O'Brien was one of those guys you love to root for. The teams of the mid-80s featured devastating defences, and O'Brien made it fun to be a Jet fan again. He provided some ex, uh, excuse me, he provided some excitement for Jets fans in the mid 80s but never could bring home the trophies he is among the better players to man the jet qb position over the years and is still belo uh, beloved by a large contingent contingent of the fan base absolutely got a little extra trivia here the jets picked ken o'brien over dan marino they picked al toon over jerry rice 
and Blair Thomas over Emmett Smith. And when all of those guys retired, Marino, Emmett and Rice were the most productive quarterback, running back and receiver of all time. Makes you want to weep. I was about to say, cheers, mate. Thanks for that. <laughs> sometimes it's good trivia. Sometimes it's just honest, my friend. But you know what? Uh, I mean, Al Toon was unfortunate. I mean, if Al Toon was a, was a receiver now, he'd have had a much longer career. Um, his career got cut short because of uh, all the uh, injuries that he had, particularly uh, head injuries. Mm. Blair Thomas was a, a good back as well. Never really got going, though. But, um, I'll, oh, God, I was going to say, I, I would take Ken O'Brien over Dan Marina every, any day of the week. But that's an absolutely stupid thing to say. And that must mean I'm tired. <laughs> you said, listen, you said you were before we started recording, recording this podcast. So yeah. I'll allow you that one. Uh-huh. Anyone listening, I've just had the day from hell. So that's why I was thinking that. But I absolutely love Ken O'Brien. As I say, it's what he's the quarterback that really got me into the Jets. And we had Ken O'Brien, Altoon, Freeman McNeil, Wesley Walker, a little guy called Johnny Lamb Jones, who never really panned out, but he was like lightning in a bottle. And then, of course, we had that defense, the, the stock exchange, the sack exchange, I'm sorry, beg your pardon. Uh, Abdul Salam, Marty Lyons, Mark Gassino, and mm. the soon to be Hall of Famer Joe Klecko. Uh, fearsome bunch and uh, linebackers as well. Greg Butler, uh, Lance Mel, and oh my goodness, they, they were really good times. And uh, if anyone wants to have a look, you can probably find this stuff on YouTube. I would suggest that you actually go and check out the Jets of say 82, 83, but particularly 85 was a really good year. But uh, very, very happy memories from that. And thanks for bringing that up, Nick. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, it's just. It is interesting sometimes the trivia that comes along and, and that I pick and everything. Sometimes it's just random. But it was interesting that you mentioned all those names from the 80s because, as, as we were talking about the other day, there was a pretty good book um, by Marty Lyons called If These Walls Could Talk. And it's stories from the New York Jets, sideline, locker room and, and uh, the press box. It covers all of that in good detail. It's a, and if anyone is out there... Uh, try and get it. It's like I said. It's called "If These Walls Could Talk," and it's by it's uh, it's, it's featuring you know, Marty Lyons and I think it's Luke, not Luke, uh, Lou Sahadi. I think is the other person. Right. But check it out. That's a really good recommendation. I know you brought this up the other day, and I was thinking to myself, I'll go and look that up, and I completely forgot. But I will do it this time because I'm due a good book to read. So I'm going to get on that. Excellent. Well, listen, as I said, Gus, thank you so much for uh, having me back on your podcast. Um, Always. More <laughs> trivia next week. And, Absolutely. Um, I'll catch you then. Try and catch us out next week. See if you can get us. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Nick. Thanks for that. Bye for now. Yeah, thanks very much for that, Nick. That was really interesting. Uh, I love all this trivia stuff you keep uh, bringing up. I never know what you're going to come up with, and it's always really interesting. So thanks for that. Anyway, onwards and upwards we go. So as we are recording this on Saturday, the 4th of the 2nd, or for American friends, the 2nd of the 4th, uh, we still don't have a quarterback that's going to be a starter for the Jets yet. I think it's pretty much come down to, for Jets fans that is, anyway, Two potential starters in Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers and there's varying um, aspects of what people are wanting out of their quarterback there's a fan, bit of the fan base that wants 
win now because the team's built to win now and then there's other people that are looking at well we'll have to give up a lot for Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr won't cost as much and he's more of a long-term solution than Aaron Rodgers both are correct both are valid points but this is where I stand on this and I am on the fence as who to choose between Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers if we had a choice that is on one hand, if you go with Aaron Rodgers, a lot of people are saying that he's going to pretty much guarantee you a Super Bowl appearance. Not a win, a Super Bowl appearance. And largely, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot there's a lot to back that up. You look at his stats, you look what he's done with the Packers, and how he he's an MVP. He has won the Super Bowl once. But let's not forget, Aaron Rodgers is not Tom Brady because some people are going on like he is Tom Brady. Get him in here and we're going to have a Super Bowl appearance. Maybe, and maybe he can carry you further than David Carr. Sorry, Derek Carr. And that, that might be a point. But here's a little tidbit for you. Because the people are saying that he's so much better than uh, Derek, Derek Carr. Well, let's have a look. His completion rate, this is Aaron Rodgers' completion rate. Uh, this season was 64.6. And David Carr was 60.8. Derek Carr threw for 3,522. Aaron Rodgers threw for 3,695. And interestingly, Derek Carr threw for 24 touchdowns, 14 INTs. Rodgers threw for 26 touchdowns and 12 INTs. Rodgers just sneaks the QBR rating at 91.1, while Derek Carr still comes in at an amazing 86.3 considering all the troubles that he's had with the Raiders. This is where I stand on this. If we went down the route of getting Aaron Rodgers, I'll be all in on it. And what that would mean for us is, short term, that we would have someone that would give us a good shot of postseason football. And I think more importantly, you have to look at what else he would bring to the team. And I know we've discussed this before on other podcasts, but you've got to look at who's still on the team. We've got Zach Wilson and we've got Mike White. And, you know, I've said before that it would be a brilliant thing if he could come in and also mentor Zach Wilson. But at the same time, he wouldn't be just, just Zach Wilson. We've still got Mike White. Mike White could very well still be on the team. So he could potentially mentor Mike White as well. But here's the thing. Recently, over specifically this last week, I've been looking at the way that Aaron Rodgers has been carrying himself and he's not done anything specific to make me feel this way. But my gut feeling is he's enjoying all the attention and it makes me think, well, if he does come to the Jets, is he going to still have that hunger? Is he going to want to mentor somebody? Does he want all that baggage at this stage in his career? And if he still hasn't got that hunger and we go two, three, four games into the season, and the fans pick up on the fact he isn't quite there, he hasn't got the fire in his, his belly for the fight anymore. The fans will soon find that out and the fans will soon get on his back as well. And he's got an ego. How's he going to react to that? Because it's the Aaron Rodgers show in Green Bay and rightly so. He's earned his place in folklore history down with the Packers. I'm not so sure. And who's to say that we're not getting Kirk Cousins 2.0 here with Aaron Rodgers. We've been played before and 
I smell a rat here and I'm not liking what I'm smelling as it feels very much like the same situation. And I wouldn't at all be surprised if he ends up staying a packer for one more season and retires after this season and Jordan Love eventually takes over. The Packers aren't going to trade Jordan Love. If they do trade Jordan Love, he's going to go probably for more than Aaron Rodgers would. But that's just speculation. But getting back to Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets, he would instantly give us a starting quarterback status. And not only that, a scary starting quarterback that would automatically command defences take note. So that would be a really good thing. But here's the thing, he's not going to come to us unless the O-line is repaired and we've got some more speculation going on there. We've got stars coming back like Beckton, ABT. Are they going to be fit? Are they going to get re-injured? We don't know. It looks like we're going to be letting Connor McGovern go. Um, so we're going to need a new centre. So in, in all likelihood is we're going to pick up a centre either in the draft or free agency or both. So we're going to have a new centre. And then we've got the O-line to actually gel. And then you've got this guy coming in who's an MVP veteran wanting the O-line to hit the ground running because he's only going to be with us one or maybe two seasons. He needs a win-now team. Our offensive line is not win-now. We've seen that. It's not good. So I've got all these worries about Aaron Rodgers coming to us and I, I personally I don't think it's going to happen so if you've got your um, money on Aaron Rodgers you might want to put a little bit on Derek Carr because Derek Carr actually makes more sense sorry I'll just go back to Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers comes in it's a short-term solution and a long-term solution and what I mean by that is the short term is yes he instantly gives us a credible starting quarterback not just in the AFC East, but in the AFC and in the NFL, he'll be he'd, he's instantly a top three, top five quarterback. I'm speculating for next year, not based on what he's done this year. But the long term is as well as I've just touched on. It's what he actually brings to the team, and if he is still the team player that I hope he is, and he ends up bringing on Zach Wilson, and Mike White, and or Mike White then we've got two quarterbacks on our team and we can either trade one or both of them because they'll be a better player, hopefully by then. Or, this is the dream, is he brings Zach Wilson on. The lights go on with Zach Wilson and we've got a, a our quarterback for the next 10 years. And that is just so exciting. But this is a problem. If Aaron Rodgers is here just for one season, then that's hitting Zach Wilson's fourth season so then we'd be going into his fifth season and he would be owed somewhere in the region of 53 mil I think so you're not going to stump up that kind of money for an unproven commodity so there is that as well it's high risk but high reward so anyway getting back to Derek Carr Derek Carr's problem and this is why people aren't looking at him as an elite quarterback and I truly believe that he should be an elite quarterback. He's had two coaches get fired underneath him, but he was doing well. And now he's had Josh McDaniel, and it's a bit like our situation with Lafleur and Wilson. He tried fitting a square peg into a round hole, and McDaniels has pretty much done the same thing with Derek Carr. So that's why that's not working. 
but Derek Hart, his stats are skewed and you, you cannot keep looking at box scores and stats. I know I'm quoting stats to you now, but these are career stats. These are not box score stats. And sometimes when you look at the box score, it says on how many interceptions that someone's got. Problem is, is the Raiders have always been playing catch-up football. So they'll start a game and an opponent will end up usually going in front, which means the Raiders are coming from behind. And when you start coming from behind, that's when you have to start taking more risks. And that's what we're seeing with the Raiders and Derek Carr. And that's why some of his stats look skewed. So as I mentioned before, last year, Derek Carr's QBR was 86.3 and he threw 14 interceptions. Aaron Rodgers' QBR was 91.1 with 12 interceptions. But Aaron Rodgers had a much superior O-line than Derek Carr did. And on, on those games with the Packers, yeah, they didn't have the best of seasons, but there was a lot of games where they weren't coming from behind. So, and you've got to remember there as well, you've got to take into account that Aaron Rodgers is a former MVP, four-time MVP, league MVP. So take that all into consideration. I'm not going to dwell on this too long because I think most people have pretty much made up their mind who they want. Lamar Jackson is not going to happen, so let's stop talking about that. That is literally a waste of time. It would be a nice idea. Personally, I'd prefer a different type of quarterback uh, than Lamar Jackson, but I can understand why people would want him on the team, and I understand how exciting he is as a player. I enjoy watching him play at Baltimore, and I hope he stays at Baltimore. But anyway, that's where we stand. Derek Carr can give us short-term and long-term success. Short-term, he will get us into the playoffs and we already know that our team is pretty much a playoff caliber team with that defense. The offense, however, still needs working on. I'm not sold on our tight ends. I know that Conklin and Uzama, they both had pretty okay seasons. And considering the O-line and considering the play calling, they've done, they've done okay. I would like to see Jeremy Ruckett come in and get a fair go because I believe at the next level in a Hackett offense, when we start spreading that ball about, that's when we're going to see what Hackett, Hackett can do with tight ends. And I think Jeremy Ruckett will thrive in a West Coast offense. But there it is. Derek Carr, he could sign with us as a free agent um, before February the 15th. And as things are happening now, um, it looks as though Derek Carr is a little bit miffed with the Raiders. He's come out in the Pro Bowl and basically said that he's, he's going to be playing somewhere else and da-da-da-da-da. If you haven't seen the clip, it's all over uh, social media. He's not best pleased with the Raiders, so I think he's going to be gone way before February the 15th. And if I was to guess, I would say probably sometime during the middle of next week, I think we'll find out exactly where he's going which will be interesting and I'm really hoping that he comes to the Jets that said if we get Rodgers I'll be happy with Rodgers as well but I just, I just think if you sign Derek Carr your long-term solution is there and he could sign with the Jets for a three four five maybe even a six-year contract don't know but he, he would cost us virtually nothing and his contract would be very doable, especially if Joe Douglas can restructure some of our um, remaining players. And I think um, I did some calculations on re-signing players 
a couple of weeks back and he could save up to about 50 million. So we have got the cap room if we need it. Right now, we don't, but he needs to restructure some players and I'm sure that would happen. But anyway, that's how it stands at the moment. I think Derek Carr versus Aaron Rodgers is an interesting little battle going on here. And it's interesting how fans are looking at what they want out of a quarterback. If Derek Carr did come to us, obviously, we've then got three quarterbacks. If, if Mike White stays, and there's a good chance that someone in the league has seen something that they like and they might make him an offer and if I do make him an offer I very much doubt that the Jets would match it so there's a chance that we could have three quarterbacks on the team next year but if I don't then we've got Derek Carr, Mike White and Zach Wilson and if Derek Carr's here that pretty much signals the end of Zach Wilson so I'm not sure whether he'll get <laughs> traded for something I'm not quite sure what, because he has no value at all. And it doesn't make any sense to trade him because you're going to get very little back. So if Derek Carr does come, we can only hope that Zach Wilson in pre-season and in training camp lights it up. Someone sees something in him and makes us an offer. You never know. It's a strange old game in the NFL. But that's where we are at the moment. This is a short podcast because uh, I've had a pretty bad, busy week and I've got to this very, very late. So apologies. But that's where we're at the moment. We've got two quarterbacks that are favourites to come to us. And it depends who you read on Twitter or Facebook or wherever you get your news. But those are the two favourites that appear to be coming to the Jets. And let's hope that whoever it is that you want, we get who you want. And as a fan base, we're not divided by it. And we can move forward and all get behind whoever it is that's starting under centre next year that's all from me this week uh, i'll be back hopefully next week and with more trivia from nick i hope see what he can throw at us and uh, see if he can catch me out uh, once again anyway thanks for listening and as always go jets <laughs>